What's up, everybody? This is Illiterate. This week we are covering Squid Game. My name is Evan Scott Russell, and I checked out the Netflix series. My name is Taylor Zablowski, and I translated South Korean articles from newspapers. Let's get into it. You're probably asking yourself, why are we covering this now in March 2022 when everybody was talking about this in September and October last year? Well, this was certainly on the board. It's not like we missed it when when it was such a was such a hot commodity back in October. But we were looking at it from a couple of different angles. Taylor, what did you think? What was what was your well, side so of I, it there? I try to go past the internet hype and being like, well, this could have exploded and then disappeared in a week mm-hmm. or two. It kind of did that, but what brought it back was the awards exactly because I, I wanted I was, to see yeah right I was airing on the side of hmm, this is probably going to come back around award season time and it'll be a really opportune time to cover it and so voila here we are <laughs> March 2022 Squid Games just won pretty big at the SAG Awards uh, best female and best male actor uh, yeah. actor in a drama series. And also for uh, outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble, which is pretty <laughs> incredible. That's you know we can't we would go be remiss to not include that. But pretty wild that the uh, both the, the male and female actors. I'm going to attempt the names here. Please bear with me. But Lee Jung Jae and Jung Ho Yan. Um, both won for their outstanding performances as the leads here. And, you know, why not? Why not go ahead and just cover it? That's a pretty big accomplishment. Um, right. And that's, could, that there was could that, be more on yeah. the way. But yeah, you know, that that's why we're doing it this week, folks. <laughs> and really the ultimate reason we're covering it is Netflix's most watched series. It, ha- it has to be. Just it has to be talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest thing they've ever done. Can you believe it? It, it, it was the top viewed program in 94 countries wow. also. Globe, I mean, that's really what puts it over. And then for context, 142 million households during the first four weeks of launch. So it was My seven times more popular than the most watched Game of Thrones episode. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Which Game of Thrones, you couldn't get people to shut up about. I know. I know. It was it was a ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So v- then the curiosity starts. Who in the world made this and why? Right. What have they done? How can you? I mean, the biggest thing on Netflix. Who Who the heck is The this? script didn't just plop down on Netflix's desk and they went, incredible, <laughs> let's go. Where Where has this been? In, it, there's a story here and yeah. I'm excited to put back that <laughs> onion. So again, apologies for the Western pronunciation of the Korean names, but as Evan said, I'll, I'll do my best as well. The creator, writer, director, Wang Dong-yuk, is all episodes written and directed for this. And it was based on his economic struggles in life in 2008, 2009. So he had done one movie. He had had actually gone to school at USC in California for a time and gone back. He had made his feature debut in 2007. And then he was trying to get another thing done. He, his mother and grandmother all had to take out loans to stay afloat in the 2008 debt crisis in South Korea. Oh my gosh, yeah. And spent his free time in manga and manhwa, which is the South Korean version of that, cafes, reading manga, mm-hmm. which go back to our uh, My Hero Academia 
mm-hmm. if you want to learn all about that culture because it's a it's cafes. It's like that's what it's designed for. <laughs> is you pay per hour and you sit there and you read almost like a library essentially. Right. But they got ping pong tables and snacks and all yeah. kinds of stuff. But that's what he's <laughs> doing when he doesn't have a job. So he is sitting there reading these survival manga. Battle Royale is one. Gambling Apocalypse is another about this guy that gets in too much debt and goes on this cruise ship that's mm. built for you play to try and gamble. If not, you die if you don't win. And so mm-hmm. he's seeing himself. It's it's a trope in this type of story, the survival manga, seeing himself in this situation. And he's like, I would join a survival game to win money. <laughs> totally. So Why do I feel pressured to <laughs> put my life on the line for cash? <laughs> And so he has this idea, writes it as a feature-length screenplay in 2008, and he's trying to sell it to various Korean productions, get actors on board. It's too grotesque and unrealistic Mm. to everyone else, and so it gets put aside. And then the misconception, which he even states in some interviews, so I'm glad we're discussing it, is because nothing happened, and then just in 2019, he makes this. But that's our American... (laughs) <laughs> moronicism of being like nothing else is happening in the rest of the world and he just appeared out right. of nowhere right so this just gets put to the side but then he's like one of the most prolific south korean directors of all time so then right. he's in the he's in the film industry for the next 10 years the next film that he comes out with in 2011 and it's a crime drama called silenced and this extends beyond the scope of even the film industry so it was based on a true account of the sexual abuse that was going on in this school for the deaf. And there was an expose about it in the early 2000s, and then a book came out and he made this film based on that. And there was huge public outcry because it was like, why didn't we know about this? Why why are these people still culpable? You know, like, what's going on? And so there was actually revising of the laws, and it's called the Dogani Law, which is the Korean name of the film, Silenced. That wow. then cr- revised the statute of, of limitations on sex crimes against minors and the disabled. Oh my so gosh. his film changed public yeah. policy. Yeah, really uh, breaking ground here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not nothing. And this film is on Netflix. Uh, went on Netflix in 2019. It's not so like it, it. it's and it's a narrative. It's not a doc. It's not a documentary. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. A I'm like. Yeah. That's wild because I'm like you and that's kind of the popular yeah. modern thing is a documentary, you know, like making a murder well, like, oh, man, well, the so justice that, system yeah. we have to address. We, but this is this is actually just the uh, the the story yeah. itself, the narrative itself. It was so affecting that it brought that much attention. Yeah, Uh, because it was kind of like a forgotten thing that had been going on for decades since the 60s in this school. And so the next film, Complete Change Around, Miss Granny, was in 2014. And this Mm -hmm. is a lighthearted comedy. A woman in her (laughs) 70s gets transformed back into her 20-year-old body again. Whoa, Uh, whoa. (laughs) That one did pretty well. Okay. the the other one that garnered him a ton of awards was a historical drama called The Fortress, which came out in 2017. And this is set during the second Manchu invasion of Korea in 1636. Whoa. Okay, and all cool. of these, he is the writer director on. So wow. he is yeah. a prime time, you know, big deal feature film director. Yeah. That's 2017. He's, you know, it's not like he's just gone destitute. Right. I just wanted to make that clear. It's like he's he's big time. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's something I had not that you know in the, in the research that I had done that I hadn't quite garnered is how successful that his career was in between actually writing it and getting this done. I mean, he got it done because he <laughs> built himself up an incredible career of films. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of these are also a reputation. I mean, yeah, tons and tons of awards. Their 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 versions of yeah. the Oscars and and everything. Uh, he's, he's nominated and winning. So, oh my God, yeah. This is this then right now is lining up because Ted Sarando said in 2018 he's the head of Netflix. The exciting thing for me would be if the next Stranger Things came from outside of America. Mm-hmm. He had, and we'll get into K dramas, but they had gone up viewing wise in the U.S. on Netflix 200 percent in the mm. in the previous two years, and they so they were branching out had invested hundreds of millions of dollars in South Korea and they had a temporary leased office space in Seoul, not even officially, you know, set up. And this is when Wang brings the script to them because he's sensing also, oh, this is maybe how this can get made. If 10 years ago, the South Korean market wasn't interested in it, that's what Netflix was in as opposed to making it a film. So can you turn it into a nine episode series? But he was even saying all the current points made it very realistic compared to a decade ago. When people are saying, oh, this is so unrealistic, he had just seen <laughs> he was what ahead happened of the curve. <laughs> culturally the last 10 years. He had to wait for all of those people to be traumatized. Be like, no, that's okay. Yeah, we need something like this. <laughs> we need her. <laughs> yeah. And Netflix willing to take all the chance on expanding it. And it was, and I'd seen in the first press release, it was called Round Six for a long time because of the amount yes, of yes. rounds. And Wang pushed for Squid Game. This was on the Korean side because they had said, this is a, we understand that like this is not a thing that non Koreans would know. It would be very cryptic, but the unique visuals with the weird name. Mm-hmm. According to non-Koreans, it, it is what this is about. It is about the final thing, so we want to call it that. And, and it's stuck and with it, it. that's built into the storytelling. The first scene is them playing it as children, which echoes yeah. exactly the final scene between those mm-hmm. two characters. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's it. Makes sense. I'm I'm glad they went with Squid Game, and and because as somebody, I, you know, when I had first heard about it, I'm like Squid Game. What the heck is a Squid Game? <laughs> like you right. wanted to know what it's about. And round six, yeah. I might just be skipping to episode six. I, <laughs> no, I, no. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, it definitely, does. it's cool. It's like a cool, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you know, seven psychopaths, shoot them up, you know, <laughs> some, some, yeah. yeah, you know, some sort of, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, it does, Squid yeah. Game definitely harkens to uh, some particular visuals. I think it backs up all the production design mm-hmm. and the color theory, theory like the, like he was saying. So we'll get into some of that detail. But I, yeah. think, I think he's right. I think it unlocks, it is the key to all of the marketing, all of the visuals, really. Yeah. And so his thing, he he was confident in it. He's like, this thing is good. This is interesting. I've been ruminating on it for a while. Now I'm able to expand it. But his goal was to just have it be the most watched show in the US for one day. That's what he said. I want wow, I want to work yeah. on it so hard that I can get it to be number one for a day. You see that pie on the windowsill? It's been sitting up there for 10 years. And one day, it's going to be number one. And it might just be for that day. It's going to be number one. Boy, was he Did he know that pie would be number one of all time? Of all time. Yeah. So two little bits, because you had mentioned they won the awards, the casting, and our ignorance, Lee Jung-jong, 
is the main guy. And he has been, again, with the director, it's like he's been in 33 films since the mid-90s mm-hmm. and 12 mm-hmm. TV shows. He is the classic South Korean heartthrob. And so it was a countercasting on purpose because they wanted to destroy his charismatic image. Oh, he's this gambler who has to <laughs> do anything he can to get money. That but he brings it. He brings it yeah. such a charm. Uh, mm-hmm. He really, really works. I, 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 I. There was. I remember at the time there was a big to do about the dub. Um, and so, mm-hmm. just on on uh, some curiosity <laughs> of my own, I went and watched. I started with the sub, but just curious. Within the first few minutes, I switched over to the dub just to <laughs> see, just to compare, just a scene. Yeah. Two sentences in, I am like, it is so far apart. It's so different. And it's not backing up the performance that he is giving. Uh, yeah. That he is so animated. And he brings such a charm. It's locked in with the, his physicality and his voice that the dub it being bad on its own right is a different conversation of it just not helping out what yeah. you're seeing, the visual. So I, I just kudos to him because it had me running back to the sub um, because I wanted his performance, even though I couldn't understand what he's saying. I'm locked into the subs, but I'm, I need to be <laughs> locked into what he is giving me um, because yeah. the dub is like on a different planet. Yeah, I had heard that that was an issue. It's really odd. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> yeah. As somebody who's maybe a little bit of experience in this field, the dub for this is very, very, very strange um, because it, it it really just it sounds like they really thought nobody would ever listen to this. So they were yeah. just free to do whatever they wanted. I've not seen anything quite like it, to be yeah. honest. Save that thought for the end because I did look yeah. into a particular thing as it relates to kind of untranslatable South Korean words. Yes, yes. So we'll talk about that at the very end, but hold that in mind as it relates to the dub. Also with the performance, the other actor that won, the main female lead, Jung Ho Yun, she's extremely popular as well, but as a fashion model. So this was her first role ever. And wow, okay, cool. She auditioned. Amazing. Yeah, (laughs) auditioned via video because she was doing New York Fashion Week at the time. She was, you know, she was in Seoul Fashion Week. She was in Korea's Next Top Model. And so this is really her breaking out as an actress professionally. Look at that, though. It's interesting between the two of them because he is in every, you know, he's well, well, well known um, in Korea. And so he's building a gilded career underneath him. And so the second that he gets this type of spotlight on him uh, in an international sense, Mm-hmm. Look at what's coming his way. That's pretty impressive. And, it, you know, it, it's it's just interesting to, to compare the two of them because she is just brand new on the scene, <laughs> stepped into yeah. that spotlight, and she is thrust into it all the same way. So it's pretty interesting to say that you can go about, you know, breaking into the industry in any way in between mm-hmm. those two things. You can have a, a, a really studied career that's backing you up. And the second you hit that spotlight, you are ready or mm-hmm. you get lucky and you're ready and the spotlight mm-hmm. hits you all the same. And you're and, and you know, that's just the game, I guess. It's just very interesting to look at the two backgrounds of, the, of both of them. Definitely. And then with the background of Wang, the director, writer, all of that, he kind of had to take what's coming from all angles at the right moment because it was a feature film. Then he's writing a full mm-hmm. series by himself, which if you're in the world of this, it's like, it's a completely different thing. Usually with TV but think shows, about it's like it, you a know, team of writers. Yeah. Right. Right. But, I, but also with the task in front of you at this point, you've had this 
in a form, in a tangible form for over a decade or around mm-hmm. a decade. Uh, yeah. And it's been cooking in your brain. It's been on the windowsill, like we said. And yeah. and events transpire in that decade that only back up everything you were talking about or expand or lead you to new interesting thoughts. So it's yes, it is daunting to, OK, now I got to take what was 120 pages and expand <laughs> it well to well over, you know, six episodes or so. Um, yeah. But at the same time, so much has happened and it's been cooking and simmering for so long. And you've yeah. been born out so right since you actually <laughs> got this together in its first form. That's a kind of a really interesting uh, mission to be on. Uh, uh, daunting, 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 but also yeah. a lot to a lot of thread to pull on. One of the daunting things that he was saying coming back to it, he said it's a story about losers, not in the sense of mm. idiots, but just people that continue to lose and the winners continue to win. And everybody, almost everybody, are based on. Wang's childhood friends, like even mm-hmm. to the point of being named mm-hmm. after them first and last. Wow. And so there are two brothers <laughs> in the piece and they're directly the names of his <laughs> friends who are brothers. And oh, wow. it, it kind of in, in mirroring real life, they, they said it's an inside joke between friends because they got Inho to call his brother finally, because in mm. the show they're sort of distance. And then it's like, oh, you, this thing is super popular and you named it after us. And so oh in real gosh. life, he got his his friends who were brothers to Oh uh, my gosh, <laughs> to that's amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. But it's like it took this becoming the biggest thing in the world for you to call your brother and <laughs> reconnect. But uh, also you have to the, see yourselves fictionalized in the most yeah. popular piece of content this year. Yeah. But, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he was saying also in terms of the memories and writing it a long time ago, it was like he went, went after going back to it to adjust it, a lot of the trying to get the investment and it not working and this tumultuous time in his mm-hmm. life for his whole family, coming back to it years later, like he said, he had a girlfriend at the time that he was not as attentive to as he should have been, and mm-hmm. she broke up with, with him mm-hmm. during this time he was writing it. So it's like all that is also coming back 10 years later as he's- A lot of threads to pull on. I think it just simmered and cooked like <laughs> a slow cooker. He just put, you know, oh man, I- yeah. It, Sometimes it's a happy, I mean, it's such a happy accident that he got the no on this one at the beginning and it, mm-hmm. and it, it let all of this develop in his life. Well, he went and did an incredible career in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. All of this only added and cooked this thing to present it in the form that we got it, which is fully formed. Yeah. And then with the expanding of it, I had seen in some interviews that were a little harder to find, but just expanding on the, like what changed from, obviously he mm-hmm. had to add yeah. it, but he was saying it really gave him because with 120 minute screenplay, it's really just about the games and explaining them and putting right. them through their paces. But with you this, get like five minutes a game, a minute to <laughs> yeah. set up, you know, like that. Oh yeah. wow. The page counts already. Then we don't even have any character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So with this, he said it really was about expanding on the characters, why they're there, what they want, who they're with. So Jun Ho, the policeman looking for his brother, wasn't in the original at all, for example. (gasps) Really? That's such such a a gripping (laughs) part of this because I love the turn at the end. It's so so great because you're drawn in thinking, oh, no, his brother has been, you know, (laughs) part of, you know, like it's so, the turn on that is so incredible. Oh, wow. so that's, I can't, that was having that, was that be out of it. Would, that's, a, that's a beautiful part. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. dynamic to this thing that makes it feel totally rounded out, fully mm-hmm. formed, that without it, it I would be missing that. And even beyond the characters, the thematics added. So the voting to leave and just go away and return back home 
that that process of the game was not there like that you could vote mm. and then just go back so because mm. it was adding on to the thematics of like speaking to what he sees with formal democratic processes and the idea of elections where it's like you vote and then it doesn't really make your life that mm. much better even if you did yeah. change go back so the metaphor you had said off mic it's like so strong because it's so simple the the capitalism metaphors and the simplicity of the games was what he the marbles game was a different the divisive game divisive yeah. techniques at play that are so obvious uh, at play i mean i i've i've i i, I struggle to reach for a comparison a comparable that actually uses its thematics right. through production design through uh, wardrobe and costume through all of these elements to really convey a societal problem because it's really mm -hmm. drawing down on the game of society because you're even drawn into this thinking that the red guards have power when <laughs> on, on, they are actually just as much a player as the uh, as the uh, green blue uh, jumpsuit yeah, yeah. people they uh, it's they're all part of it and it's all divisive techniques to divide these two sides the green and red is such an important part of this thing that interlocks through the entire thing it's playing on your perception of power dynamics um green and red there's a reason that freddy krueger is in a green and red uh a green and red sweater those two colors yeah. put next to each other literally it makes your eye vibrate your eye cannot process those two colors matched up next to each other it's mm -hmm. actually visually hard for us to process it's not a mistake that these two things are diametrically opposite on the color wheel basically yeah. um, it's not a mistake the emotional impact these colors have when you put them next to each other and present them yeah so that was all in line with so the production designer Che Kyung Sun she was very much in tune with the psychology behind it but then I also found she had some other South Korean influences that I wouldn't know and you wouldn't know mm -hmm. in terms of history and culture. So there is there was a political initiative called the Semal Undong, which was in the 70s. And it was mm -hmm. because there was becoming this divide of rural and urban. And so it was trying to modernize rural Korean villages demanded by the government at the time before the leader got assassinated. But it was this collective struggle for advancement. But it's also contentious because it's kind of like follow the government directions and this is how you contribute to the economy and do this this way and build up. But the color scheme of everything involved in this was this mint green, which is the which mm. is the mint green pink color scheme. It was common in Korean schools in the 70s and 80s, the supplies that they were given mm -hmm. for this was this color dynamic. Mm -hmm. So it also fits in historically. And then, wow, yeah, I, I just didn't know that that had, like if no. you were in South Korea in the 70s, if you were a kid in the 70s and 80s, volumes. This, would, this would hit you. And then the same thing, the, the green track suits were the common PE uniform of the time. Mm -hmm. So it just looks to us like, oh, green track suit. But it's like, no, 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 that was like what you wore in school. So it, it ties into that, oh, this is a silly childhood game, but it could cost you your life. And then the other thing, there's a Korean slang word called baksu, hmm. and it means white hand, but it, that's the literal translation, but it, it's someone who's out of work. And so it's like okay. in popular Korean dramas, it's epitomized by seeing someone heading to the corner store during the day wearing a, a jumpsuit like that. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like they're losers. They don't have a job. They haven't gained independence. Mm -hmm. And 
the son in Parasite calls himself this to his friend at the beginning, which I didn't pick up on. Oh, reading, yes. Okay. Reading the subtitles, but he says he's a Baksu. I um, see. So that's also then what the jumpsuit is symbolizing yes. in this. I just, it's like, you think it's a cool Halloween costume, but it's actually got four meanings uh, yeah. culturally. That's, a, that's, that's something yeah. that I've been trying to like pick apart for like probably a decade now is like, you know, you have, you have images of characters and you, they have, you know, design pieces that you think are cool. They have certain colors that work, <laughs> you know, and, and from the outside looking in, so you look at something fully formed and you go like, wow, I wanted to make something like that. But when you come down to it, it's like, okay, I'm going to make something cool. <laughs> Why? You know, like you, <laughs> you, know, you have to sit around, you have to sit back and go like, okay, well, what, what are they wearing? Well, when you start asking the right questions, well, what, what is their environment? What kind of socioeconomic mm-hmm. class are they in? What is their occupation? What were their parents' occupation? All that starts to inform actually, well, what is around this character? What are the materials yeah. around this character? What would they wear? What would be the function of what they... It actually starts with, you have to do a lot to actually work up to what we see here, a mm-hmm. something that looks simple, but actually speaks volumes to anybody that is, you know, is from South Korea that was yeah. cognizant in the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's yeah. it's fully formed and in, influenced from multi yeah. multi points of cultural <laughs> <laughs> influences yeah. here. So it's 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 a stri- it's a it's speaking to me on just character design. When you like, if you look at a character and you think they're cool, they're not just cool. There's a <laughs> lot going on in that character. There's a reason for every piece of that character if it's done right. If it's affecting you the, in the way that we are speaking about, I guarantee you there is a reason behind just about yeah. every little thing on that character. <laughs> and that is where you draw down on specificity and you actually create something really cool and really. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it has an alchemy and an energy of its own, and that boom, it's original. <laughs> yeah, and it's the highest watched thing. So here's <laughs> here's a couple other secret cool things that people just think are cool, but actually drill down to societal and cultural implications. Mm-hmm. Back to the 70s and 80s, the robot doll from Red Light, Green Light, Young Yi. Yes, yes. That, that was a famous character in Korean textbooks in the 70s yes. and 80s. So it's supposed to, again, <laughs> juxtapose Terrifying. these mem- memories of childhood. Yeah, it's like Barney yeah. or something. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know the exact, but it, it was a cultural character in childhood from that time. And then the thing that I was interested in too is this kind of like, oh, it's children's games and, and that all makes sense with the mm-hmm. metaphor. But also there is a precedent for Korea, the the game shows dealing with the game culture, like the creative use of games and kids games. These you've probably yes. seen TV shows where it looks like madness and it looks it's completely foreign to us, but like people just competing in these wild, yeah. almost like fear factor, but it's often right. more silly and juvenile and wacky and, and impossible. Just a bunch of, you know, silliness like that. Like that is such right. a piece. There's a show, the most popular one, Infinite Challenge, which is no longer on, but it was the most Mm. viewed non-drama program in South Korea every week since 2006 from when it ended, I think, in the late 2010s. It's like, could you say that about another reality show? I mean, maybe American Idol in the US or something like that. But American Idol has ebbed and flowed, but like this thing had continuously been (laughs) the non-drama program to watch every week. So that's also what they're pulling from. Right. W- one of the other pieces from South Korea is, of course, the thematics, the class disparity. Debt is the biggest thing in terms yeah. of uh, money. I mean, poverty as well, but like specifically 
a regular South Korean owing a lot of money. So it's over mm-hmm. 100% of the country's GDP, meaning even if you say the average person, even if you saved everything you earned for a year, you couldn't pay back your debt. Mm. And so in order to deal with this, most people have to go to high risk lenders and then the the percentage goes up in the interest and people are having nightmares about interest. And in terms of the numbers for poverty, the top 1% owns 25% of the wealth and the bottom half owns under 2% which to me makes no sense or like it's hard to conceptualize, but I found an interesting way to do it. It's like if the country of South Korea was 100 people and there were 100 slices of pie, the richest person would get 25 slices and the bottom 50 people would have to split two amongst themselves. So yeah, that's what's going on in South Korea right now. And it has a lot, you know, I won't, I don't know anything about the government and the economic systems and the- the family-owned businesses and all of that, the monopolies. But the other thing that the show addresses a little bit is the elderly. So age 66 or over, 43% in poverty in South oh Korea, gosh. which is like, I think, you know, double the US oh maybe. Gosh. It's like, it's crazy yeah. that all of that uh, Wang is pulling to make sense of this story well, and so that's, you know, that's a lot of what our shows. We don't have any contact with the, most of the topics that we go into. So it, while it's obviously pulling from where it's coming from, it's cultural yeah, influence yeah. In, in South Korea. But I think what has made it, you know, just so what has ma- let it break through on an international level like this is that it yeah. is universal. The 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 scheme, the game that it is out that it is depicting is the game of society, and I I think a lot of people around the world have recognized the uh, the game at hand here about how this de- these divisive techniques and the illusion of powers uh, weigh us all down, while a few of the elites benefit uh, over all of it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a universal theme that a lot of people are, are are were tapping into, and I've never seen that quite depicted in such a overt way that's intrinsically woven the way only a movie and TV and good cinema can. Yeah, um, because it it has to it has to be good first of all, and that's like right, what right. gets it drawn on. But in ter- yeah, I had looked at like the marketing of this, and there was nothing. I mean, there was a big push in Korea and other Asian countries, but like there was a, a localized trailer in the U.S. and that was it. Advanced screeners I, for reviews. You had to request them before. Like they didn't just send, they were not, it was, it was I had mostly never of heard mouth. of yeah. it before. I looked over and my wife was watching the first episode on the flight to Cancun <laughs> for a honeymoon. Like she just had, uh, it was suddenly in my life. And yeah. and then I look online and everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, how did you even know about it? I, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, it just like appeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good and it resonated with people. And then the word of mouth and social media, YouTube, I mean, people try emulating the game. Like yeah. there was so much that was sticky in terms of the, the memeability of the content from the costumes to the games themselves. It could all be easily duplicated and replicated and that's fodder for the internet. So like 17 billion views of YouTube related content in the first eight weeks, which oh. superseded again, oh. our, our comparable is Game of Thrones. And it beat out Game of Thrones in terms of like related content and hot takes and everything online. Oh my gosh. And Game of Thrones took 10 years to amass 
17 billion views right worth of content. yeah like it was only by the last season that i felt pressured to give it another chance which i didn't but i it right, was only, right. it took that that long for me to feel like okay <laughs> we're still talking about this but just within eight weeks there was enough youtube content to supersede wow. game of thrones yeah wow. yeah so with all of that popularity, the one thing that Netflix did do right, sort of, was their huge localization efforts ahead of time. So it was dubbed mm -hmm. in 34 different languages, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is no easy feat, and then subtitled in 37. So it was accessible <laughs> to everyone all over the place, right. uh, which helped it. But then this is sort of where we didn't care and then now care is like, what is the fallout of this being popular? What were some of the things that that immediately jumped in and then had effects further down the line. The uh, My take, when I saw it, I was like, Netflix must have thought of this, and I guess they didn't, but like the it was right before Halloween. So it's like people are looking for easy, cheap costumes oh, that are that are culturally relevant and popular. And it's like, what it, what is easier than a jumpsuit or a red hoodie? Like it was so you on that Halloween conspiracy. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> apparently it didn't work. It wasn't true, but I was like, this has to, they had to have known. Cause it's like, why release it late see, September? <laughs> you know, it seems like it makes no sense, but right. uh, I guess that wasn't the case, but it did uh, really explode like van slip on shoes that the sales <laughs> for October spiked. <laughs> no, Dude, this is 7,800%. <gasps> it's like, it like, how do they have the product to fill that demand? Golly, they and of course warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ironically, it's about the perils of capitalism, and everybody's like, I, I need know. Vans shoes. <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh the food, the Dalgona candy, the honeycomb candy that yeah, they have to yeah. poke out, that increased in sales even within South Korea because oh, no. it, it was popular in the 60s post-war because American soldiers were handing out American candy. Mm. And then mm -hmm. South Koreans were creating their own cheaper alternative. It, it okay. started disappearing in the early 2000s because of online shopping and bigger candy and lack of mom and pop outlets, side oh, you know stands cool. making yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But then it increased because it was like, oh, look at this nostalgic thing. Yeah, uh, I love that. I love culture. that. I mean, yeah. again, just going harkening back to like what we see, what we're you know we almost do some replacement where we we almost like maybe it's a. Uh, what is it? A stroop waffle. You know what you know? Yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. Uh but if you're if you're from if you're from South Korea, you recognize that and it speaks volumes as to what it's saying about a nostalgia or how uh, what yeah. it's how it's supposed to affect you exactly. Yeah. The last thing in terms of the fallout, which is coming up very soon, the twenty twenty two South Korean presidential election. Mm. So there was most recently an impeachment in twenty sixteen, the vote took place. And mm -hmm. The president was sentenced to 24 years in prison uh, for uh, abuse of power and coercion. And then they got another uh, president. There was an advanced presidential election, but he is not able to be reelected. So the incumbent can't go again. So now the 2022 election is. Oh, my gosh. It's up for grabs for anybody. So several candidates were using imagery from Squid Game or challenging opponents in a certain way. Uh, oh, no. The election, I, I, so I just looked at it. the election is actually next week. It's on March 9th, if you're listening oh, wow. to this in okay. real time. This show coming out in September of 21, and the election is in March of 22, does wreak huge implications <laughs> on what happens in South Korea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. For an open election. Um, and all over the world. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, 
I'm pretty I'm pretty struck at that underneath it all the characters if they all decided to stop the game they could all win and there's there's this underlying pressure to that if you know, the more people you knock out of the game it increases the pot you only you don't have to divide the pot so many ways but at mm -hmm. the same time if everybody decides to stop everybody wins and that's the kind of the thing that everybody's missing all of the people that mess up along the way they try to screw over the people around them they stab people in the back around them <laughs> yeah. uh, they withhold the vital piece of information that they think is actually a smart strategical play but if they really thought about it it actually puts them at a disadvantage mm -hmm. this is all out allegory for how we operate in the game of society and how we are stronger together. We are stronger when we actually uh, talk and share information uh, yeah. instead of trying to beat each other out and box each other out to get to the top to get that payout. It's, yeah. it, I've never seen something that just had all of its functions, all of its departments working at this quality, at this level to really depict something that it is beyond words. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's be, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> so then with all of that hopeful, we can all do this together. Like the, I feel like the ending <laughs> from what I understand is a little bit more conflicted or I know like LeBron James well, said he didn't like the ending or something. It was a big <laughs> deal when it came out. I actually, so I had a misconception about the entire series. I was under the impression that the games were the entire series basically and that's not quite true it has quite a bit uh of an epilogue at the end uh -huh. which i actually found to be really engaging mm -hmm. um i thought this was going to end in the game but this actually jumps a year after the main character does, is victorious, he wins, but then it jumps a year and his life isn't different. Uh, he is not gone anywhere. He's just as unhappy getting everything that he wanted. And it comes down to this, this choice he has to make. This is where the entire thing ends, is that he either can get on this plane and go to Los Angeles and visit his daughter. Right. Or he has just been made aware that the games are still happening. They're not stopped. And there is really, he realizes immediately that there's not anybody else that can put a stop to this. If not him, then who? Um, so he has to make a decision. Uh, is he going to go to Los Angeles or is he going to stay and put an end to all of this? Um, yeah. So does he, does he make the, I thought he made, does he, he make, walks away from the plane. So yeah, you know, that's, he's that's, going that's, to, that's the end of it. Yeah. 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 So I, it's, it's, it's pretty definitive that he is going to go and take down the entire operation. I think there's a looming question as to whether the cop is still alive. I assume yeah, that they're yeah. going to team up and help take down the entire organization. Yeah. So the two interesting things with that one, the Korean dramas, the K dramas, which is one of the reasons this didn't get made with them is because it traditionally features little to no violence or sex. But the big oh. thing of it is it's usually one season and it's a complete story and it's usually about a romance, mm -hmm. but it, it's kind of this one and done thing. So even though he was making this as a feature film and then turned it into a series, my perception of it was not so much because it looks like to the average person, oh, they're clearly setting this up to be a series and a franchise and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this was very much this was the story he had. And he even said he wanted, Wang said he wanted to go and do another feature after. Like, he doesn't want to be the right. Squid Game guy. And that's it. But yeah. that, all of that emotion and everything around the ending speaks to something, South Korean cultural concept that doesn't really have a translation in English. So maybe that's part okay. of it. So I'm going to be speaking around a lot of adjectives and adverbs to, because I, you can't, it's almost like yeah. unless you're South Korean, you don't really know what this is. But it's, the right. word is Han. And it 
basically approximates to a mixture of an intense grief and unresolved resentment. It's like a mixture of rage and regret that you can't really do anything about. And yeah. what fascinated me is it's there's a lot of scholarship on it, but it is more of a modern concept. So a lot of people say it rose during the Japanese occupation of Korea in the early 1900s and then the okay. Korean War. It's not really present in pre-modern Korea because the traditional Korean stories almost always have happy endings. But this feeling, right. Han, goes more to a loss of identity, family separated, and also in a way inheriting this feeling because you're growing up in a divided country, which if you had lived yeah. there since, you know, it's like you would only have known it as a divided country. You wouldn't have known it right. pre. So it's it's interesting. It's not always about suffering. It's also kind of this contradiction. It is this push-pull because it's like in the show when they're yeah. paired with their close friends for a game. It's it's sort of yes. shame and gratitude, this yearning. Like I said, I'm talking around all of this, but right, uh, right. I had even seen there was an article I'll post, this woman who had learned it later because her family immigrated to Canada and got a sense. She's like, oh, this is the word that describes this emotion that me and my family mm. have mm -hmm. as it relates to our Koreanness. It's also kind of in a way in this in Squid Game, in the end, he gets out and his mom is dead when he gets back. Right. This is like he had ultimate... to trade all of that. You know, yeah. that was the cost. Is you know, he yeah. had the, he could go get all this money maybe, and it could answer a lot of his problems. But wait, there was time, and you can't replace time. Yeah. And she only had so much of it, and it's yeah, it's the ultimate embodiment of his Han. Like that. Yeah. This yeah. this yeah. feeling, and you you see it, it like it's like in the world of Bong Joon Ho with Parasite, etc. Yes. Han always wins in his stories, right. and so. That was the most eye-opening thing to me of being like, well, that's what this story is. Like, he's not an optimist. Wang had even said in an interview I saw in a Korean magazine, it was like, they had said Netflix doesn't make additional profits even if it's a jackpot. Like, you know, he doesn't get, <laughs> even though it's the biggest thing, they just, he, they paid him what he paid him. And then the interviewer said, isn't it sad? And he said, if it wasn't sad, I wouldn't be human. And then laughs. <laughs> I wow. just didn't realize that that like embodies. The, so to see these YouTube yes. videos of people replicating the games, it's like, no, 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 this whole thing is mired mm. in this right. complete South Korean cultural concept. Yes. And that was, that was total news to me <laughs> that that oh really is maybe even what resonates with some people, like you said, in terms of the global acceptance yes. of this. It's like, absolutely, this is purely a South Korean concept, but maybe we, we, we each have pieces of it in our yeah, lives. We can learn from it. We can, it speaks true to each of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, look at that. We did it. We finally did it. it seriously, it's been on our desk basically <laughs> for months. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I'm sitting on the other side of it going, wow. I mean, this is one of the most impressive visual depictions of like a, a societal construct ever committed <laughs> to the yeah. medium. So when I hear about the specificity here, that's what unlocks it. Mm -hmm. uh, to be universal, uh, it's drawing down on the the specifics here that make that makes people be able to connect with it. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely incredible. Go check out our parasite episode. Um, <laughs> we definitely yeah. we talk a bit more about these types of things. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, we are we mentioned the My Hero Academia episode. If you want to learn more about manga and that whole that Culture. whole thing, so we yeah. we've touched on a couple things that are around this, but this is definitely uh, this is definitely quite a centered look at what's going on in in Korea and mm -hmm. how it can actually speak to what's going on in all of our lives. Thank you guys for sticking with us. This has been great. Thank you, Taylor. Incredible oh, yeah. work. Thank you. 
uh, reach out to us at illiteratepod on Instagram. Uh, let us know what you are watching. Everything comes from something, so why are we seeing it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then please give us a rating. We've gotten some. We're very excited about that wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell a friend if there's an episode that you love. And we will catch you, as always, next week.